If you could be any emoji, what emoji would you be? Hand clapping. The tawny one. The cheese one. That was a good question. Yeah, Thank you. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. <laughs> but it took us a while to think about it. I forgot everyone's answers. No, you did. You did the the, the cheese. Someone said one. money. I, I I wasn't the money thing. The the money face oh. one. Yeah. Why? The money face, like the one that has oh. his tongue out with the money. Yeah. Okay. Why? That's cute. Mine is. I picked mine as that one without the money. Mm. But okay, go ahead. What's That's your? That's a good one. Why Why are you that? Because you're attracted to money. No, I don't know. Because you're a gold digger? Yeah. I mean, you dyed your hair blonde. <laughs> what does that have to do with being a gold digger? Gold I dug boy. up the gold oh. and put it on my head. Mm, yeah. Got it. No, but why? I don't know. I just chose it. Okay. No, I said which one describes you or which one are you? How am I supposed to come up with that in two seconds? <laughs> <laughs> what about you? you said I picked the tongue one. Why? The same one that he picked, but without the money. Because it's like, it doesn't say that like like ha i got you but it also doesn't say like it's silly it's just like uh, is like, it the one with the eyes or just the one with the tongue out what's the eyes there's one, one with, like, oh yeah there's the one that's closing. like there's one that's like and then yeah. there's one that's wait just well, one eye people that listening won't be able to <laughs> it's like it's like the one that's like rock on tongue and then the there's one eyes. that's just like just one eye close eyes. No, no there's no. one one eye close too it's, it's yeah, one yeah, yeah. Like, small i know what you're talking about big eye not that one it's tilted to the side not that one i like that one but yeah. that's not me okay i like the one that's just like dot dot tongue okay because just like <laughs> it, that, i can see that being you actually <laughs> what did you guys pick what did you pick i chose um the hand clapping emoji Oh, oh, that is. You like you're like go off, sis. Yeah, go yeah, off. yeah, yeah. Clap that's between annoying. every that's single annoying. thing. Yeah. I don't like that. that. I can hear your voice in that one every time I do it. <laughs> that and then um, I also um, like the smushy face. What's this? Ew, like the cringy one. <laughs> yeah. Ew. I don't, I don't What's the smushy one? face? Yeah, the the nut one. What? <laughs> What's what? the nut the one? The one that's like the one that's like. Ugh. Like I, don't I have to know see it. these afterwards. It's, the new, it's one of the new ones that's it's just like really. Face. Hold on, it's, it's the just, cringy face. It's not cringy. It's just like ah oh, man, I messed up. <laughs> no, oh, well, really, mine okay. was the um, just the Ew, teeth what? one, the cheek, like the noonie. That's yeah. like sick. That's the nut one. Bit. Ew, I don't like, like that. That is the nut one. <laughs> that makes me feel like you have Wait, diarrhea. I actually, I actually like yours because what's yours? Like the one with the teeth, like the. Like that one? The, with the oh, smile? This the one. eyes up? The grin one. Yeah, because it's oh. like I always say things to like kind of get me in trouble, but then I'll just like put that there. Like, you know? Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Wait, the, the one that's the plain face or the one with the eyes? That's the one like, I just no, showed. No, that one. That oh. one. The, the one's dots and the... That one's just like, ooh. No, it's not good. No. It could work either it way. It used to be the it other could, one. It could work either but way. But then they changed it when they brought the new one in. That's the smiling one. But I like that one a lot too. It's just <laughs> like, it's like, yikes. But yikes that would it's it's yikes but also like like won't get me was, in trouble yeah it was like it was like it wasn't me <laughs> <laughs> anyways thank you guys for tuning in to an episode of strange flavors my name is shimmer i'm Faraz. my name is amber and a special guest uh co-host today my sister is back hello um, hey neha is here Ooh, but i call her yeah. from connecticut um, d- you now? just came back on from your honeymoon in bali you didn't bring back the coronavirus did you I don't Whoa. think so. Was it there? Well, you know, I was telling Shamir earlier. Originally, we were going to go to China. Oh. So glad we didn't. So, I'm 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 clean. 
Mm, awesome. Epic. This is brought to you by Aleph Theory. <laughs> we are on all social medias, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You can listen to us everywhere on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. And if you want to see us on video with our beautiful faces, we are on YouTube. With our emoji faces. Gang. Everyone gang. make your emoji face. <laughs> Why well, couldn't make it? I, I did it. You don't have money. I did it. You don't have money to make yours. Oh yeah, but I did so the what tongue. Did you do? He did the broke one. <laughs> he did the broke one. Um, if you want to send us cool stories or music, you can email. Wait, us let me at see you make yours. Strange Flavors Podcast at Gmail dot com. Ew. <laughs> you have diarrhea. <laughs> hey, we're That's on our hundred first episode. Um, we are in the next part of our century for this podcast. Uh, thank you for being here um, in our road to two hundred. Um, I want to give a shout out to the last uh, giveaway winner, Amol. Um, but first, I want to take that shout out away and say, <laughs> Amol, you should be listening to more episodes because I called her out. And uh, she didn't even know she won. Okay, but you know what the really sweet part about it was? She didn't want the socks. She didn't want the pillow. She wanted the poster? She, the poster. she wanted the poster. She wanted the poster. You guys that wanted that so, so she redeemed herself. So this is why I give the shout out back to Amol, who doesn't even know that we're giving her a shout out because she Maybe doesn't she's listen. she's listening right now. But that's okay. So, you know. No, it's not. So people, you need to be listening. Uh, and for next time, we're definitely going to have these rules where we're like... Like you have to uh, listen. Like to the be first fair, one. To be fair, she didn't listen within the first two to three days. No, it was like the first the four, three days. Four or five. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Amol, thank you for um, I don't know for thank getting the poster you. and getting, getting the poster. poster. That shout was out. so like I did not expect anybody to want the poster. I mean, so I mean she, fo- she followed the rules technically. Yeah, yeah so. she did. She did. I was uh, I was team no no giving her the gift, but. Shimmer and Amber were like, nah, she followed the rules. I was like, well, yeah, I mean, it, it but we had a good back and forth. Days. We yeah. had a good back and forth. I was like, she was like, you, she's like, I was like, yo, Amo, you won, whatever. She was like, no, stop, you capping. And I was like, no, you're capping. You didn't even listen to the episode. <laughs> she was and then she was like, ah, I was gonna. I was like, I wanna, no, you weren't. I want to see a picture where she ends up putting the poster. So yeah, yeah. make in. sure you send us a picture even though you're not listening right now. Yeah, I'll send you a message later and let you, you know. But hey, if you, want, if you want any of the merch that you saw on there, that's always available, um, including our other Alif Theory merch, which is our awesome fashion brand and which this uh, podcast is sponsored by. Um, go to aliftheory.com slash shop and you can find all of that stuff there and the Strange Flavors things and other merch available on the Redbubble site that is also available through there. Um Let's let's talk about um, this. You want to go get your kids? Go yeah. handle them. Okay. Um, I want to start off on this because I think it's important, and I think like it kind of like took over this uh, the last few days. But um, the tragic death of Kobe Bryant, his daughter uh, Gianna, and and all the other passengers. Um, I think like it's been really hard um, and and weird because. We've been going through social media, and like that's all we've Everywhere, been seeing from everyone. Um, but it's also really nice to see like he really went out with with such a great legacy um, behind him, and the way that people are honoring him and showing their love for him, it is really sad to see. But it's also beautiful at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and and rather than kind of continue to talk about the the tragic part of that, I want to, as everyone else has been doing, highlight why he was important in my or our lives um in my family um and 
like since we were little, I think a lot of immigrant families relate to this, which is like Kobe Bryant was that all-star athlete, that legend that like we in in my generation that we really looked up to because we had kind of passed the time of Michael Jordan, but Kobe was like the next closest thing and it was like incredible watching him. It was like your introduction to basketball. Yeah. And uh so when I was 17, my sister actually for my birthday, and I'm glad you're here, um, she got me tickets to my first ever sporting event in general, um, which was a Lakers game where uh, they were playing the Washington Wizards. We saw it in D.C. And um, like I saw Kobe Bryant in, in person. And that was like, you know, it's it's so weird seeing people that you admire, especially at a younger age, because you don't you th- see them as like, you know these these unreal fictional characters almost like superheroes or something and to see him in real life was amazing and um you know my brother had this like crazy love and obsession for him as well he actually is the one that got me and like all of our friend uh friend group into kobe and the lakers and we were like some of the only ones in our town that like you know loved the lakers out of everyone because lebron was a huge thing too but we liked kobe um and actually we found out the news shamir while you were over uh, we were sitting there, we were like having fun and we were like recording um, a bunch of songs and videos and, and it was all like comedy and fun. And my, my brother was the one that read it. Yeah, and he was like, no way. And I looked at his phone a little bit and said, Kobe Bryant dies in plane cra- or helicopter crash. And I was like, no, you're joking. Yeah, and we immediately, all of us grabbed our phones and, and computers and we were like looking it up. Like, is this true? Is this true? Yeah. And then the mood just kind of like shifted. And yeah. it was weird. It was like it was strange. It was like, it was like sickening, almost like you uh, felt sick. Gut, gut awkward. punching yeah, is what gu- I've been yeah. hearing. Yeah. And even for and I don't know Amber like how much you were into the basketball scene for, but for people that didn't know him mm-hmm. like that, I mean, I still knew he was a legendary knew, person. Right. And but I the, mean, her brothers. But the aspect of the daughter like finding right. that out so later really us, hit. It was more of just like how it happened because I was talking to Frost and like in our generation, a lot of like the deaths that happened have been around like overdose, suicide, all these things. And this was like a lot of times. And this was just like a really tragic thing. And to just imagine what the family must be going through with now not just losing a husband, but also a daughter at the same exact time. Who's like almost supposedly supposed to take over his legacy in a way. And then not even really get to say goodbye like yeah. how they died like i don't even know if the bodies are like able to they make i don't know it was just a yeah. really yeah. really but sudden it was like, tragic it thing. was it was weird because um i think we kind of saw the way that my brother uh was handling it and it, and it wasn't like he didn't know what to do he yeah. like changed into his uh jersey his jersey and then he was like shooting hoops yeah and like he said he we cried were, too <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He was, I mean, I think he was very I off the whole too. day. Yeah. yeah, and it's like it's hard to you know be able to understand like this relationship between people who don't even know him on that basis. But like yeah. that's how a lot of people felt. Yeah, and it's hard to cope with that. But no, I mean, like it's. I think I think I thought right away of like you know the way that he went out for the first time in the NBA. We kind of saw that like this uh, this tour started happening of like okay, this is my send off. And this is my last game in each of these stadiums. And he was celebrated in each stadium that he went to. And, um, like, the legacy he left behind, the the work that he was headed towards, the incredible person that he continued to become, the incredible father and everything. Um, you know, I think that the it's, it's really, really tragic, but it definitely gives us all a message that it's just like, 
perspective. That is how you want to go. Like everyone is having these stories and this love and feels so uh, upset by this because of you know losing such an incredible human being and, and an incredible like husband and father. Yeah. And and that dad girl thing is like mm-hmm. so contagious, and I think that's so what cute. makes it hard too, because like that bond is just different. So well, I, I also that, sorry. Go ahead. I also just like like that's the way you want to leave. But also, I've never seen so many people gain perspective. And that tweet that was going viral, as far as like leaving your home and coming back, is such an unrated, unrated blessing. Yeah. Under yeah. underrated, and you need to like you know tell the people around you that you love them you just don't know when it's your last day and just hold them close and appreciate them and forget the fights and whatever you're doing with arguing and just nothing matters more than like your relationships with each other so value them and i thought of everyone that day and you know it was just sad i think that like i think that when in this situation it was interesting seeing how because a lot of times you don't see a lot of guys processing things um and so i was emotionally emotionally Mm -hmm. And I saw a lot of them, and I felt like even they were confused about how mm-hmm. they were processing it. And I think that from what I'm collecting is that Kobe was seen as, like, this guy like who didn't flinch. He was, like, this strong person or whatever. And then to have them leave the world in a way that is kind of, is kind of like, almost unbelievable that somebody so strong can kind of leave. Um, and I think that it just serves as a reminder for us that life is temporary. Like, this, this is not forever. And you're, again, like Neha said, you can leave really at any time. So I saw the way that everybody was emotionally handling with it, and I think it was a lot of things. So there was a very small, small, small minority that was like, there are so many more important things, like why are people saying this? But there was so many different aspects to this. There's one that there's a legendary person, to the way it was again not self-inflicted it was something of he was doing as a daily commute so that he could spend more time with his family so that he could you know travel quicker um and then to have that that as his aspect and then the daughter aspect and then the fact that it's also other families that were also in the plane that were very close to them there's just so many dynamic sides to this that people were feeling so many things so it's okay to feel and in a way it was just very interesting to see guys dealing with this specifically guys yeah well, I want to say I love you guys. I love everybody that listens to this podcast. Um, and and if you you know haven't told somebody that, um, or you have ties that you want to you know fix up, you should do that. Uh, we also saw the Grammys that same. Uh, was it the next day? No, same, same, same day. Same day. Same day. Yeah. And it was kind of awkward. It started out very weird, but Alicia Keys really did a great job. Yeah. She pulled it together like, really well. She's awesome. She's like very loving mm-hmm. and peaceful. Um, and the tribute she did. Um, said that came about in like minutes. Yeah, oh, with wow. voice to men. Yeah. Um, yeah, she grabbed I f- them. I feel like she, she was, was like, the right person to be in that moment. Person. For sure. She's so calm and collected. Yeah. yeah, it was awesome that she said, like, this is Kobe, that this is the home that Kobe built, the Staples oh, Center, and we're in it tonight. That was really powerful. Um, I want to talk about something uh, that happened during the Grammys, and uh, that was like interesting to see. It was Tyler the Creators Award, actually. Um, and, uh, the thing about that was like he won the best rap album um and the post interview was really interesting i don't know if you guys mm-hmm. heard about that but yeah. uh if you listen to igor tyler the creator's last album it didn't seem much of a rap album it was it's actually uh more of a pop album yeah or if you want to call it alternative you pop. know pop or something but it definitely was less rap mm-hmm. it was a lot more of that pop style and he acknowledged that um in his post interview after winning um 
And uh, one of the things that he highlighted was whenever we um, do anything that's genre bending, and I think he's referring to people of his skin, uh, they always put it in, an, in a rap or urban category. And he said that the urban uh, word actually mm -hmm. is kind of like the N-word to him. Um, and so he won that, but he was also appreciative of him winning that award. Um, and a lot of people felt the same way, right? Like, I think we discussed that right away. We're like, man, this doesn't deserve best rap album. Like, Meek Mill or, or uh, J. Cole or YBN Cordae, like, they yeah. easily had amazing yeah. well, rhythm and poetry. It, it was my favorite album out of those, out of those albums. Yeah. But I was still, like... Not in that category. Not this category. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, like, this is not rap. Yeah. Like, but then I saw an interesting tweet which responded to some of this um, talk about this. Uh, and it made me think a little bit. And it, it says, I think the bigger problem is that if they had put him, Tyler Creator, in the album of the year category or pop category and he'd lost both to Billy, uh, Billy Eilish, then the discussion slash hate would be much bigger. This way, he at least got a Grammy, even if it's not for a complete rap album. And that actually makes me think that the Grammys could have made him win because they think that Tyler deserved an award. Um, but what, but what doesn't matter two? about the award. And Billie Eilish, which I personally think d did deserve um, most of the awards she won, um, she also deserved that. But I know that this tweet is right. Yeah, because... If he had beat... Or if Billie Eilish had beat yeah. Tyler the Creator in the pop category, can you imagine the backlash? Yeah. Yeah. That and um, she was the first person since 1981 to win all four major category awards. Oh, yeah. wow. And when she kept winning... I was like, I feel like this is on purpose. Like, mm. they really want her to be that staple, right? Mm. I, the Academy feels like it's very strategic. Yeah, that's what I'm starting to think. Like, yeah. they they put certain people in certain categories so that they can have an award. Yeah. And mm. not and necessarily because it's, you know, yeah. in that category. Also, Tyler's fans, we know they're the craziest. Like, they will, mm. on the internet, wherever in person, they've booed off Drake, like this. They're the craziest. They're the diehard. Check out everyone else in that rap album category. They don't have nearly as close as a harsh, you know, fan base mm. as sure. Tyler the Creator. Yeah. So if this tweet is kind of right, like if he was in the pop category, it would be huge. Yeah. It still kind of sucks because that's not yeah. how it should be. It, it should just definitely. be the best people in those yeah. categories should win. Yeah. Um, I think one of the only ones that I didn't really like um, um, was that uh, Billie Eilish winning uh, Record of the Year over... Old Town, Town Road, Road, yeah, because I feel like Old Town Road was definitely a was, bigger yeah. record. It was like a cultural movement. It was everybody was involved. I don't know if Bad Guy was nearly as close to that, but I don't know. Otherwise, yeah, I think that for was like just younger teens and stuff. But definitely, Old Town not Road, like, Road was like a movement with yeah. like everyone, was, every age yeah. across. Yeah, that should have won. That's yeah. sad. Um, so you guys know that you can write into us at any moment, um, whether it be through email it be on uh, our social media or anything. Um, I want to I wanna read an email that we got uh, recently after posting our 100th episode. This is from Nadra. It says, Hey, I thought I'd send you an email since I have a lot to say. I'm a small business owner and at the end of 2019, there were so many times where I just wanted to give up on my dreams. But something changed. I found your guys' podcast. I started binge listening and I realized that every episode had at least one gem in it that made me want to continue doing what I've dreamed of doing all my life. I'm incredibly motivated to keep going at it with my business because of you guys. Thank you all for being such an inspiration. I've been going through a lot. Uh, I've been going through a really rough time as of late, and I appreciate every bit of content that you 
all put out. From the bottom of my heart, I thank you for always putting a smile on my face. You really do help people who feel helpless or sad or confused with the world. Your podcast always keeps me motivated. Anything Ronopono related is a banger. I rewatch Shimmer's vlogs and they always make me laugh. Ferocity's work ethic is inspiring and Amber, you're just the happiness we all need. Keep doing what you guys do. Nothing. Good That's job, so guys. Sweet. That yeah. is the type of love that I'm talking about. <laughs> that is what I like to hear. Um, yeah, Yo, you're tearing up, bro. No. Um, <laughs> that's the no, energy that's, for 2020. That's yeah. incredible. Thank you for writing that in. Um, and I wanted to read it because... Can I just say that's literally the clapping emojis in an email. I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think it is. It is. Th- it's, that's like, yes, girl. Yeah. But this no. is not, this yes, is not girl. yes, girl energy. Yeah. Because no, yes, girl on. energy Cla- is clapping like... Clapping isn't always yes, girl. Yes, girl energy is uh, is trying to inspire someone who is like not necessarily deserves that. <laughs> Um, that anyways. was a very like strong opinion for no reason. Like, like, oh yes, girl, you Amber do look related. good today. Like, <laughs> like, yes, girl, you do look good today. Yes, girl, you can work that dress. Sorry All false like dreams, like that should dreams. not, like you should not put. So you should not. Okay, be after we just had a beautiful email oh, yeah. <laughs> talking about love, let's focus on this. Guys. Literally, we'll talk about it another time. Maintain your energy, sir. Listen, Continue your fight after this podcast, please, children. Listen, I want to say um, to people who are going through that sort of similar. Um, okay. <laughs> what? How are you going to go from this? <laughs> Literally, it's hypocrite. a joke. Thank, I'm a, th- thank you very much for the message. It means a like, lot. like the people that are thank going through so much, that, that, yeah. that thing of like, oh, um, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get this small business, whatever. Um, I think that we are in a lane and a category that it's just like you, you feel that way a lot. And I think um, I want to, I want to acknowledge that like Shimmer has been doing a really great job in like being honest and truthful about the process and it's been like given us some of his like rawest and greatest content which is Mm -hmm. awesome um but like you know people when they hear about certain dreams that you have and stuff like they don't necessarily believe in um your execution and the the part that they leave out is like the process that's going on in your mind your faith behind it and like you know your drive and only you know that and only you know that it can be done so like if you feel that way like i'm glad that we're able to help you in this sense but like always i feel like it should be in your head it should be in your head or like whoever you have you're looking at like always concentrate on that person and not like the naysayers also like um whenever we like listen to these podcasts it's always like success stories like we never hear of them going actually through Mm -hmm. the process i hope even though we're a very small process, we're going through our process to, inshallah, whatever, how big we get, whatever. But you're hearing us through our process of the bad times, the good times, et cetera. And everyone, even at the top, has those good and bad times. But I hope through these podcasts you hear that these people and everyone has yeah. those. Just and have I, good intentions yeah. at the end of the day. I also want to say it's it's extremely refreshing currently being at the top of 2020 um, and having that drive that like we did at the beginning mm-hmm. of just like execution and like just hunger and yeah. I love that like Shimmer and I this past weekend just cranked out like literally three songs yeah. that were like let's go so many bangers coming and soon. we just have <laughs> ideas and stuff and like we've been um, keeping Amber in touch with everything and like we're all super excited to just like have that sort of energy that we had at the beginning of just like let's just have fun and let's yeah. just push 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 and enjoy this thing and it's been that way so far so um you know like just just stay focused that's what i gotta say like dj Khaled. 
<laughs> he has another son. Congratulations. Aww. Um, last thing I want to hit. Uh, Does anybody this know the son's name? Yeah. Alam. Alam. Oh, which yeah, means that's world. Asad and Alam. It means world in Arabic. Oh, yeah. Is it a mm-hmm. just like Assad? Yeah. Yeah. True. Um, the last thing I want to do. Uh, this is kind of funny. I saw this. It says, speaking of the hustle, rapper gets a job at Amazon just to post his mixtape stickers on packages. <laughs> this was a, a little news article that I thought was that's really funny. So you guys better funny. start applying tomorrow. Photo <laughs> stickers. What do you guys think? Strange flavor so stickers. Funny. Smart. Is that like? Go Why off. would you do that, or like you appreciate that? I think the hustle is very respected, mm-hmm. but <laughs> practically, I don't think it will do much. Is Amazon if you got an okay Amazon package, well, obviously they're not going to be okay with that. I mean, I don't know, but probably not. Like, probably not because it's like free advertisement. Yeah. But um, if you received an Amazon package with like check out my mixtape, whatever, and it's like I might. It's I, like I, I would, a, it's personally. like cereal with that toy in it. Yeah, <laughs> you like find and it's no, like no, a surprise. But, toy. but like I see like Amazon packages. Like I got one recently and it's Doctor Doolittle like all over the package. And I'm like, I'm not gonna watch this movie like at all because of the Amazon package. No, no. But I'm just oh, like, just like in general. I'm, if I'm not interested, I'm, if I'm not interested, I'm not interested. And you most know what? People, but subconsciously, I think like if you saw Doctor Doolittle enough, enough. you would be like. Like, that was watch a train movie. wreck that when that Amy Schumer movie even though Amy Schumer's cool whatever no, but like um, when she was coming out with that movie train wreck they literally had Amy Schumer is a yes girl type everywhere well I, I mean I read her book I enjoyed it and you know I enjoy some of her stand up but literally that movie was plastered everywhere like mm-hmm. she was on every show it was a good I, movie actually it was literally a commercial on instagram facebook <laughs> that was very i don't know who was the marketing department but because of those commercials I was like all right you know I she need, went I to my to school amy schumer yeah really yeah so did ybm oh Corday. yeah towson university oh i thought oh, you meant oh, high school like high school no. yeah no no Got college. My college, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. that's awesome yeah um that's really funny but no i think i think it totally depends on the design for me like <laughs> If I saw something that was like, no, we all do this. I'm, Amy I guess I like might notice a little bit more, girl. but we all we all look at something. And we're like, what is this? Or like, why is this making me want to check out what this is? Yeah. And I saw the mixtape design and it wasn't good. So mm-hmm. I would I would treat it as if it's like, oh, it's a SoundCloud rapper, whatever. Like it's probably not good. But if it had been good enough for me to be like, yo, like this looks pretty good. I one time I went to like New York, you know, and they have like those random rappers in the middle and they're handing out mixtapes, yeah. right? And this one guy was like, Hey, check out my mixtape. And we're <laughs> like, My friends and I were like, Okay, let's check it out. Mm-hmm. And so we did it for fun. Yeah. And it was like a fun experience, you know, because <laughs> you're kind of like making fun of it yeah. and it's like not great. Yeah. But I might do that with the Amazon package. If you want to hear something funny? Uh, so 50 Cent has a house in Connecticut. And um, Alman's friend like would go towards the house and throw his mixtape in his yard. <laughs> Alman's friend Nuh-uh. would do that, yeah. oh. hoping the Fifty Cent would come out and like find a mixtape on That's his awesome. yard. That's so you never great. know what it could be. Like people rap to Kanye, and then you know you have a person like Big Sean who ends up doing it on a flight of stairs, and and Kanye's like, yeah, like. Hop on board, let's do it. Yeah. So you never know what it could be. But uh, for me, it's like... you know. But if you say, got the job just for doing <laughs> this, I don't know. But if it's like, oh, I want a job and I want to promote my mixtape, that's kind of smart. Yeah, like do it while needed, you're doing it. Like he needed the Amazon job, but also he's like, while I'm here, let's yeah. just... Yeah, be, let's, let's just go just viral. Make, yeah, let's, yeah. Just, <laughs> let's just make the most of what we're doing here. Yeah. That's really funny. I mean, regardless, I think I it's, want it's one. a cool idea. Wait, do you know his name? Let's no. Plug him. If anybody has... If any of us get a he job recorded, at Amazon, make sure you take the Ronald Pono stickers with you. I think, I think, I think the part that like kind of uh, 
makes me not like it as much is that he recorded himself doing it and then it's like like if you had just received it as is and then maybe it's like more yeah, of a hustle we thing know but about it then no but then it's just People like maybe he's going maybe. for like a viral moment or something he should start with like hannah baker like welcome to your tape type of thing that would get my <laughs> Who's attention hannah baker you know 13 reasons why like <laughs> oh, she no, made a tape it. for every single person <laughs> that's so funny <laughs> Thanks, um, Amber. You're welcome. I missed you. I missed you, too. People keep hustling out there. I think that's the lesson of today. Keep hustling. Let's have our own podcast. As always. And uh, to yeah. transition, which I, w- I had, like, a great transition with the hustle thing, but, like, she's over here talking. <laughs> yes, girl. Like, this is yes, girl energy right here. They're just back and forth. Plus, just why are you just so hyping each other mad? Up. Yes, girl why energy. Why are you is false. so mad? Okay, listen. I want to I have a real yes, girl on the podcast and uh, a true hustler who is a stranger oh. on the podcast AKS. today. <laughs> guys can i just intro- introduce i love stranger. her laugh that's all i'm gonna say okay. her laugh is beautiful the stranger today is the founder of an award-winning nonprofit which helps educate and integrate immigrant communities she is also a well-traveled executive helping to bridge the gap between cultures and communities so without further ado everyone please welcome linnea featherstone I think we should start off with first of all congratulations um on everything that you've accomplished so far i was just like reading your bio and it's like wow it's a lot thank you it's a lot, a lot. You, you do a lot so thank you like to start out um you're an award-winning le- uh leading nonprofit executive for the william and linnea c featherstone foundation can you tell us just a little bit about that and what the mission is for that yeah sure so my husband and i started the foundation 12 years ago to create opportunities for underserved communities. And primarily we work with immigrants and those who need to bolster their economic resources. Mm -hmm. And it's named after you guys. Yeah, my husband uh, decided the name, clearly. (laughs) (laughs) He he picked it. I mean, that's good. That's, if you guys started, I guess that's how how it should be. Um, Why did you, um, I know that you guys work closely with the Latino community. Why, Why the Latino community? Yeah, so I am passionate about people from diverse cultures, and I've done a lot of traveling, so I've been to about 17 different countries, but my background and my first international country was Spain, um, and then other Latin American countries, and so that has been a very passionate sweet spot of mine. And then I went on to get my master's degree in Spanish, so I feel like I've been connected with that community for a very long time, and that's how we started working with the Latino community in Baltimore. What is your and your husband's um, ethnic background, and why does that, uh, where does that curiosity for other people's cultures come from? Yeah, so I'll start by saying my participants always think that I'm from Latin and Central America. Okay. Or Dominican um, Republic. Or the like Dominican that. Republic. I get that all the time that I'm from the DR. But you're not. But I'm not. I was born in Baltimore. I'm African-American. My husband is African-American. That's always the second (laughs) question. Well, he must be Latino, right? Um, uh, So I think that my passion and curiosity for other people and other cultures is just genuine and sincere. And realizing that when I travel to places, I have been so welcomed and the people have been so friendly. And some of the things that I see on the news is just hasn't been my experience Hmm. um so i think in the simplest of forms that is why 
So do you speak Spanish fluently? I do. I speak Spanish fluently. I got a master's degree in Spanish from American University. Um, I had to learn and work my butt off, (laughs) you know, to learn another language. Well, when Um, did you start? Well, honestly, I started in high school. Um, And I hated Spanish in high school. I did. (laughs) Oh, like how everybody takes like Spanish or Italian or French or something. I was forced. Okay, right. right. And for me, I didn't like it because I grew up in Alabama um, and the school system for international or understanding languages, it was just taught poorly, right? Mm. Like, and there was no context um, and it was boring. And my teacher wasn't passionate about it. So how could the students be passionate I think about it? A lot of us have that similar experience. Right. I don't know about yeah. you guys, but it was for me it was just like it was another class and it wasn't like well my teacher was awesome, but it just didn't feel like we we're learning another language. It felt like, oh, we're taking tests and we're mm-hmm. doing these, you know, forms or whatever, but I didn't feel like I was really learning communication. That's right. And so I think you're right. Like it's grammar and forced to write, take tests and understand how you spell words, but not verbal communication. Also, Mm -hmm. it wasn't um, emphasized how important this was with the audiences that you would be speaking with. Um, So eventually in college, I had this amazing teacher from Argentina who was short in stature and she demanded presence. Like she was amazing and she was so powerful and put together and amazing and passionate. And after taking her class, I was like, this is what I wanna do. So So it's the teacher that made the difference for you? It was the teacher that made the difference. Yeah, and then I dropped my econ minor and made Spanish my minor. Oh, wow. Um, So there's a, subtle difference in Spain, Spanish, and the rest yes, of that's true. the Latino. So do you know the differences and do you know both? Or Yeah, I mean, I studied Spanish, right? Yeah. But when I went to Spain, Spain was actually my first study abroad um, trip, and I hope we can talk about that at some point. And so they do have a very different Spanish, Castellano, right? Um, so I think I can float in both. Okay. Um, Chilean Spanish, I can't get. <laughs> That's what I'm just being honest. So from, I actually worked in some of your classes and I noticed that um, a lot of people would ask you, you know, why, like, why are you doing this? Yes. And this and, you know, what made you start doing the foundation? What made you start the nonprofit? What made, made you make it your life's work? Yeah, so that was a gradual progression. In 2006, I received this small $4,000 grant from the Annie E. Casey Foundation, and it was a grant for individuals. Most times you have to get a grant for an established organization, Mm -hmm. and this was an exception to the rule, and they believe that if you give people grants with good ideas, they'll make something happen. And so with that $4,000, I started teaching English and also teaching computer literacy to Latino immigrants, and we used my uncle's church. And so we did that for six weeks, and then after the program was over, the participants started asking, you know, oh, when's the next one? I want to tell my mother, my brother, my cousin, my uncle, my tío, my... And I'm like, what? Like, I have a full-time job. You know what I'm saying? Like, this was just a project. And it wasn't until I got married um, two years later that my husband's like, if you really want to have impact and do this on a, you know, sustained way, then you need to create an entity. And so that's when we started about started thinking about actually creating something. Where are the, where are the communities that you're um, mostly working with? 
Um, so uh, three years ago, we actually expanded to all immigrant groups. So we're serving people from Africa, people from Asia. I had my first participant from Iran, which was amazing, a couple from Nepal. But uh, is this all in Baltimore? Yeah, sorry. Okay. Yeah, in Baltimore. So okay. we're in Baltimore County, um, like Owings Mills, Dundalk. We're in Baltimore City. So that's geographically where we operate. But we've had participants come from as far as Virginia to take um, part in our classes. What's the process of getting um, people on board with your ideas, getting some of those grants? Um, you received this this honors uh, of, of a governor's citation for improving economic outcomes. What exactly does that mean? How do you go about doing things like that? Yeah, so essentially that award um, was recognition for the fact that we are helping um, communities, diverse communities, get jobs. Um, so we created this program called Reaching New Heights that helps bilingual candidates um, get jobs in the financial services industry. I think one of the things that we were hearing from corporations is that they could not find diverse talent, right? Mm -hmm. Like, where can we find diverse talent? We're looking for like them. Like banks and such, right? Right. Like, we're looking for them and we can't find them. And so our issue is, hey, we've got a network of individuals that are looking for these amazing opportunities. Like, let us help you help them, right? So we created this program that helps candidates. Um, a lot of things were happening from the employer side is that these ca amazing candidates weren't getting jobs because of cultural differences, right? What does For that mean? Example, in Latin and Central America, it is known that you put your photo on your resume. You also put your biographical information, your religion, whether you're married, whether you're single, your age, mm -hmm. demographic things, right? And so for an employer... Wait, real quick, sorry. Do you know why that matters? Like, why would your religion matter if you're applying for a job? This is cultural. This okay. is what you do. That is the industry standard. Your photo goes on there and all of your demographical information, right? Okay. I'm 22. I'm single. I'm a woman. I'm a Christian. Whatever. I'm not mm -hmm. really 22, but... Um, Could have fooled me. <laughs> and your photo. So anyway, my point is that employers in the U.S., when you see that, it goes in the trash. You know, it's mm -hmm. just that's not what we do. Um, and so what we've done is just help candidates tweak some of the cultural norms to be um, palatable to employers in the United States. Also, we found that our candidates, even though they might have a bachelor's degree or a master's degree, might not put their international education on their resume because they feel like just because they didn't get the degree in the United States, it's not worthy, right? Mm. So then employers have a perception that you only have a high school education and in reality, you've got a master's degree. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they remove their relevant work experience, like they might have worked in a bank in Mali, for example, but they didn't put it on there. They put Uber driver just because they didn't think that they had legitimate experience in their home country to be put on their resume. Okay. So then they're getting, um, they're underemployed, right? So they're working in service industry jobs when they should be in a professional in, uh, industry. Yeah. Mm. So anyway, so our economic advancement is that we have been able to um, create opportunities for qualified individuals to get jobs at major institutions in Baltimore City. Um, and originally I had asked like how you go about getting um, certain grants and things like that. Um, so <laughs> what is the process of that, especially for, um, you know, a nonprofit? How do you, um, you know, show it. that you're legit? So the whole grant application and fundraising process for a nonprofit is complex. Mm -hmm. um, essentially, you have to go online to the corporate corporation's websites, complete an application, talk about your impact, what communities you serve, what value you offer, how you're going to measure that impact, what is the 
um, impact of the tangible impact to the service that you're providing. So we're able to show that the participants who came into our program are now earning between $9,000 and $42,000 more just by going through our program. Um, the economic impacts, like before our program, they didn't have insurance, and now they do. Mm -hmm. um, that they're going on to get promotions, which is cool, buy their first houses and cars. Um, but the whole grant application process and getting funding for any idea in itself is work. Yeah, for sure. I think um, when you go through college or afterwards when you're applying for anything like that, I notice that it is just like they're looking for people to be able to fund and the people that are doing excellent work, in your case, you. Thank um, you. You know, I think that that's awesome that you're able to get that. Um, I want to go back to some of those places that you've traveled. Uh, you said you've been to 16 countries. Some of those include Argentina, Bolivia, Brazil, Chile, Dominican Republic, Ecuador, El Salvador, oh France, Guatemala, Jamaica, Mexico, <laughs> Peru, Spain, that? Sweden, wow. UAE, and Venezuela. What do yeah. you typically learn from the places you go, the people there, and their perception of America? Wow. Well, first of all, when I travel, I love to get immersed in the culture and learn everything about it and not be in the hotel and do major sightseeing. Um, what have I learned? I learned that people are just amazing everywhere you go. Um, I've learned- Not everywhere. Well, everywhere I've gone, the people have <laughs> There's been- There's definitely people, not amazing people some places. Everywhere I've gone, <laughs> the experiences I've had have been amazing. And um, I've met individuals that have really opened my eyes to new things. Yeah. I mean, my quick two second experience in Spain is that that was my first international trip doing a study abroad. I lived with a family. Then? I was probably 17. Okay. I begged my parents three years to let me go. They kept saying no. Um, and I finally got a chance to go. I, like in hindsight, I say, why was I begging my parents to go? Like I was in college, but they were paying for it. <laughs> Let's just be honest, right? right. Um, but anyway, I lived with a host family. And what happened was my host mother and father, I went to class one day and I came back to find that my host father had died. Whoa. He had passed away. And so the neighbor came over to bring me the news. And again, at this point, I don't have a master's degree in Spanish. I am still learning Spanish. And she essentially told me, you need to get dressed now. I was just coming back from the gym. And oh, I'm God. taking you to the funeral parlor. What? Everybody is there. Wow. This is 9 o'clock at night. And so the, my first reaction is, I don't understand anything you're saying. <laughs> like, right? Like, you're speaking to me in another language. I don't yeah. speak Spanish. Like, what? Yeah. You know, as she's telling me. And so I'm literally, like, doubting and questioning myself. Like, is this real? But sure enough, we went to the funeral parlor. My host mother, who was brokenhearted, had me sit next to her, right? in front of a crowds of people who had gathered. And at the same time, she is crying. And in Spanish, she's saying, my daughter, my daughter, what are we going to do? To you? Yes. What? Yes. What, is, what was your reaction to that? First of all, I was like shocked that she had children, right? Yeah. Older children. So that she thought of me in that way. Secondly, I'm like, out of all of your guests in the funeral home, I'm the one, like two seats sitting beside you again the mm. body was behind us so people had to greet us then go view the body 
and then here we were. So then we go back home and phone is ringing and I'm fielding calls about this funeral and what's happening in my broken Spanish the best that I could. And then on the day of the funeral, I went thousands of people in the church, yet there I am, the only brown person, (laughs) Um, but yet close enough to her that she felt a value to me. So I think everywhere I've gone, I've had very rich experiences and stories and the people have been amazing. If I'm your parents, I'm calling you and being Linnea, I don't want you in this situation, come home. Did you tell your parents? Actually, it was the other way around. I called my parents, this is before we had cell phones, but I'm not that old. Um, <laughs> I was at a like pay phone thing um, mm-hmm. where you have to use the card. Right? The, do you oh, remember right, right. the yeah. card that you had to dial an international card? And I call, when my mom picked up, I started crying profusely. I remember that call just gasping for air, like couldn't get it out Mm -hmm. fast enough. And if you could imagine like what your mom is thinking when you're calling internationally and and you're just sobbing, exactly. (laughs) So I'm calling her like, my host father died. He died, you know what I mean? Um, and she's like, how? And, and it was literally, you know, I think for me, just a relief to talk to my mom and my mm. family. Um, but then also realizing like this is their reality and how can I be of support mm-hmm. to this grieving, amazing yep. lady. Um, and that, that was my experience. The other thing I'll say is that my roommates were actually out of town that weekend on a long weekend. Wow. So they were in Mallorca chilling. Um, so you're the only, <laughs> only one having to emotionally and literally deal with all yeah, of this. Yeah, and I have to say, I was a student at the University of Salamanca, Universidad de Salamanca, and taking summer classes. And so my teacher, when she got wind that this had occurred, she wanted me to do a presentation what? about it. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so not joking. Is um, she, uh, she Spanish was, or is she American? She was, no, she was neither. She, I, I don't know. I think she was from Bolivia, um, but uh, I, I wasn't up for it. Clearly, <laughs> what are you what supposed to she, do? What like, was the presentation on? I don't know. Like to explain where I, the funeral and the funeral home and the process and everything. I don't okay. know. While That's in Spain, well, while I was in Spain, yes. I mean, technically, you're doing a presentation right now about it. So. I mean, but I've, I've also grown. Like it yeah. wasn't like fresh yeah, off. Yeah. You That's know, true. you went to um. I noticed a lot of these are like Spanish speaking countries. Um, so I was wondering like what their perception usually is of America or like. Yeah. Um, so it depends. So when I traveled to Bolivia, yeah. uh, people wanted to touch me, touch my hair. Um, because you're African-American. Yeah. And just like touch me. Um, like, you know, are you real? Because like, it's not like not a common sight. Like, you know, just that's what we heard about like Japan, right? Like they take pictures me. of yeah, different cultures. No, but specifically like black people because yeah, yeah. they're like, oh, we've never seen this, yeah. right? That's the I think thing. So. Yeah, I think I was a star. I, I but just... are they also like a very touchy culture as well? Well, absolutely, okay. right. So I mean, of course, very kissy. We double kiss, you know, hug, un abrazo, like you know, very touchy. So it was and... like a affectionate sort of thing. Or yeah, but I think it was also at this time like a curiosity, curiosity. Okay. which again, it's fine. Okay. 
Um, I when I was in Chile, um, again, I've been told that things have changed, but when I was there, I was literally the only brown person in Chile. I don't know. <laughs> very like you know, I, I remember going to the mall mm -hmm. and that mall was the most impressive mall I've ever seen with just the number of stories and that. Yeah. But when I walked in, I literally saw people coming out of the stores and like the upper levels to look down. No way. No way. Way, way. That's kind of scary. The other thing is that I received like a love note from this guy. Ooh. He's I know. trying to get that visa. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but you know, and so my friend who was with me was like, "I this has never happened to me. What is this?" And it, like I read it, and I couldn't understand. Again, Chilean Spanish. I told you I don't understand. Um, but it read like you are the dew in the morning on a flower, so Ooh, pretty and that's stuff. Romantic. It was very nice. But so she's reading the note to me. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so anyway, I think it was just. Are you the married at this point or no? Uh, yeah, no. Uh, Which what year one? was that? Well, no, I, I can't remember what year it was. I was yeah, the poem Chile. had you thrown off. Am I married? Am I not? <laughs> no, it's not like that. Were you uncomfortable at the time? Like, was it? I mean, I, he just passed me the note. I didn't no, no, but like everyone's was. staring at you in the mall. And... Oh, um, no, I just, I remember saying to my friend, oh my goodness, look. And she's like, what? I'm like, do you see these people? I mean, I think she thought I was a little paranoid. But I really wasn't. When she looked up, she was like, <laughs> <laughs> "Yeah." So um, anyway, I've been told that it has changed um, dramatically. We we were joking around when you came in here. Was it maybe all of these experiences because you have brown skin, or is it because you look like Michelle Obama? Oh, that's so maybe, funny. Maybe they thought like, "Whoa, what yeah. is Michelle doing in oh, our mall?" I that could you. be it too. I think again, was like she big back then? Fifteen years ago. Oh, this is. Funny. I mean, I probably yeah. looked five. Right. <laughs> <laughs> could have been Malia. I mean, I could have read like right exactly. Where were your favorite people from? You have to say this. Is... Where are my favorite people from? Like from from all the places you went to. I'll take a guess. Okay. Jamaica. No. What? I think my favorite, I have to say Why do you that, say it like that? Well, because, again, my passion is Latin and Central America. Okay. Like, that's what I studied. And that's the language that I'm constantly working on. It's just sort of my thing. So um, I think my first and favorite country is always going to be Spain. Okay. Like Oh, you have, like, an emotional attachment to it. I do. I, I had flamenco dancers at my wedding. Wow. Um, that's so funny. Yeah. So it's it's Spain. That's awesome. Uh, I was saying Jamaica because we went there recently, and it was like uh, the people there just seemed like they were so full of life and yes. just like loving and stuff. Yes. And maybe it was like a tourist experience. I don't yes. know, but for yes. the most part, that's why that's why I thought so. Yeah. Um, you have like a lot of noteworthy accomplishments, as we talked about. Um, for example, you design programs for Hispanic journalists in the U.S. You organized major international conferences, including an event in Sweden that brought 55 participants from 32 countries. How do you get to organizing that type of an event, like especially in a different country? Yeah, what does that I, take? I, um, well, I think first of all, you just have to understand how to do project management. Okay. And so I have a project management certification at the time when I planned that conference. I don't think I did, but um, just the ability to organize events and understand people coming from different cultures, what visas they're gonna need, what their flight patterns need to be, booking hotels. I mean, it's a very logistical type process. Yeah. 
Um, and being very organized, I think, is one of the keys to making sure that events like that are extremely successful. How many people do you have on your team that are like organizing? So that conference was actually me working for another organization. Okay. Yeah, at the time. Okay, got it. Yeah, I think that was in 2006 or and, and what was it about? Um, it was a conference for media professionals. Uh, my bachelor's degree is in broadcast journalism. So hmm. I, you know have you could be like on a spanish speaking television show or i was thinking like news anchor but like sure (laughs) i mean i think if it's recorded live then i would want to practice first (laughs) you're doing great here this is like no i've done but i've done some live tv in Mm -hmm. spanish um but every time i do it i'm like am i really doing this Yeah. Um, and you're going back to your classes, are you, do you also do like certifications for your students or like what are some, you know, um, things that you do for them? That... Yeah, so we don't do certifications per se, um, but we do skills building. So we have a computer literacy class that helps um, people who speak Spanish use the computer for the first time. The reason why we created the program is that we saw that if the parents are disconnected from the internet, then A, they're not able to help their children academically, and B, they are lacking opportunities to qualified employment prospects. Um, So at the end of the training program, they are producing resumes for the first time, able to go online, um, able to check their bank balances, um, email, attach emails, get professional email addresses. Also, I feel like because technology is changing so quickly, um, many of our participants think that the email that's on their phone is only on their phone Mm. and that they couldn't get it from the computer or from the library if that's where they are. And so just really understanding, you know, technology. So that's one of the programs that we do. Um, We also run a financial empowerment conference. And again, people don't get certifications, but they get information and knowledge that they're able to use and apply, like how to start a business for a first time, how to go to college and pay for it, Um, uh, how to... um, get a mortgage, understanding your house, um, savings, credit, that kind of a thing. Have you been able to track any sort of um, records of like uh, where all of this has led and heard back from like success stories or anything? Absolutely, yes. And um, we are creating now an alumni network, which I hope to get off the ground like in a tangible way very soon because now I feel like we're at a point where I look back and actually I just got a text from one of my participants that told me that they are now the assistant branch manager for a major financial institution in Baltimore which I'm like wow like I knew you win right yeah and so now it's like I'm looking back and there are so many people who have their own business cards and just very professional I mean I'm gonna hope that these participants give me grant money. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Like yeah. they're they're in going to be and they are now in leadership positions for very influential companies and that to me makes me excited. Can but you name drop some companies? I don't think I should name drop some companies. Are but you, you sure? can look it up on my okay. website. Because <laughs> it's impressive. It is impressive. I am very impressed. I'm I'm very happy. They probably also want to eventually be able to give back um, you know, to uh, help out or 
uh, I guess, guide people who are in the same position that they were once at. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. So that network would probably be really helpful. Exactly. And we have one participant that actually led um, as our trainer for the first time our class. Oh. And it was really cool to see. Um, full circle. It's full circle. <laughs> yeah. Also, it's like, yes, they're best position to give back to the communities that they represent. I also am very, um, I don't want to use the word humble enough, but like humble enough to know that I'm not from the community <laughs> that we serve. Like, and so- I think for some reason, sometimes that's better. Well, I, I think that it depends. I, I do think that it helps for people to see people from their background succeeding. And that that genuine image is something they can take away is that if this person did it, I can do it too. That, yes, but also like uh, to, to build that bridge between uh, the, the Latino community and the American community. Oh, absolutely. Actually, I'm glad that you mentioned that. I, um, in 2020, my goal is to create programs that do just that. And I wanna do it in Baltimore City Schools um, because I do feel like we need um, programs that help people bridge the cultural divide if that makes sense like yeah i'm very cognizant like i'm african-american working with latino organizations or other immigrant groups i feel like the awards that we've run when they come from uh, latino organizations i value those more because i realize that they are um stamping an organization that's not run by somebody from their culture you know what i mean yeah. but i do think that it is helpful at this stage that we have programs that help people understand each other's differences, um, but also see that as a strength. I also feel like at this juncture, if you don't have a global mindset, if you're not culturally attuned, if you're not learning other languages, then by default, you're gonna be left behind and that we're gonna have another generation of kids that are left behind if we're not um, helping them get global education and understand that we're neighbors. And you're talking about Spanish people speaking English or uh, Americans about, speaking Spanish? I'm talking about Americans speaking other languages. Okay. So you could choose Spanish, but you could choose Arabic, like mm -hmm. I, you know, or Russian or whatever language that you want to. I mean, I, I um, try to speak a couple of languages. Um, I only speak Spanish fluently, but I know what like five words in Arabic, right? Like okay. five words in Russian, right? Uh, just things that help you create an affinity to one another to learn about the other cult. Like last night, what did I have? Pollock Paneer, right? No way. Way. Oh, from, from the men room. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, once a week I'm there. I mean, like people know me. But my point is that, you know, if you're starting a business, your customers might be, your e-commerce customers might be from India. You need to understand what globalization is. Like these aren't big concepts anymore. This is our reality and we need to be teaching our kids that. So I am working to develop programs now that help kids, American kids, learn about other cultures. Yeah. Well, we have a term needed. that's used nowadays, um, allies, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that is that kind of goes perfectly with what you're saying is like, we have when when you have people from your own community advocating for you it's like you're preaching to the choir and i haven't really seen that in effect till i would see like since a young age i would be preaching about how beautiful pakistan is which mm -hmm. is where i'm from mm -hmm. and you know everyone's like yeah i mean of course you're gonna say that like that's your home whatever but i see these youtubers blowing up now um like just americans or, or whatever white americans 
um, that'll go there mm-hmm. and they're capturing what you know I've seen my whole life um, and they're able to relay it mm-hmm. to back back to you know the American communities in a way that like it's like a it's like a trust almost like mm-hmm. hey that person looks like me they've mm-hmm. been to that country it's it's easier mm-hmm. and like I can get mad at that mm-hmm. for whatever reason but that is the reality and sometimes you need people to to be your ally mm. to 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 communicate with the people that are more i guess maybe ignorant mm. and not necessarily to their fault but mm. um they it's just like a trust thing that they have mm-hmm. so and i think for me it's about informing right mm-hmm. and helping people get informed so i'm the one that will if you say oh yeah they're mexican i'm like oh did you know they're from mexico Oh, they speak Spanish. Okay, so you know they're from Mexico or are they from another country? You know what I'm saying? And so I think it's just helping people get informed. And also, um, I don't know everything, right? So when I have people from different cultures, I ask questions because I want to learn. I also want to make sure that I'm not offending. I just want to genuinely know. Right. So these same people um, may not have you know, the highest income, might not have proper child care, might not have the proper resources to even, uh, like a car, to get to these mm-hmm. types of events. How do you kind of help them in that process to still ensure that they come? Yeah, so I did, it depends upon what the program is. Um, I think in terms of our scholarship program, we are selecting kids that are at the top of their game anyway, mm-hmm. but that just need an economic boost to go to college, a four-year institution. And so for that, um, you know, they've already got the creds, the the credentials they need to achieve that. They just need the funds and Mm -hmm. the support. Um, I think for other programs, um, we have offered like some stipends or Uber rides or whatever um, to help people if they need them get Mm -hmm. there. Or child care. Um, or child care, right. Thank you. We do that um, to help. Don't forget about me. No, no, uh, we do. I think it's important <laughs> to provide child care because there are so many parents that want to take advantage of opportunities, but if they have to pay money to leave their children with someone else, it's too expensive and costly. Um, so Amber was like that babysitter. Like, she was a child care child. leader. I also okay. feel like um, our child care is now education and just helping mm-hmm. kids get more resources. And because um, we would have Girl Scouts come and teach financial literacy to these students. So even though they're the kids and they're just getting child care, they weren't just in there like tracing triangles on a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. Like they were actually getting some, like gaining something out of it while their parents are gaining something out of it. And that was your role working with her? I was essentially the teacher for the children, kind of like like navigating them through different activities, all that type of stuff. And these are the children of the students of the participants yeah of course yes yeah and we've done next time some um uncle asked me to watch their kids i'm like i'm a child care leader (laughs) (laughs) so your kids about to learn some stuff from me (laughs) we've done science activities and engineering that's awesome and And even 3d printing 3d printing i mean it's just really come up with these things to teach these children so some of them are through partnerships that we have some of them are just our amazing teachers that are creative and leading these uh, instructional activities. 
also uh, oh sorry um you mentioned how these students are getting um like scholarships and stuff by the way shout out she gets them scholarships or at least some of them to my university university of baltimore so that was really cool that's right um and so i also noticed that throughout the years you've given out laptops you've given out you know a lot of valuable resources to these students um, what has been some of like the most heartfelt responses that you've gotten back from one of the students based off of um, what you've been able to provide them? Yeah, honestly, I feel like... And or how did it make you feel? Oh, well, I think that when I get responses from people, it's just a reminder for why I do or we do, because it's not me alone, it's a team of people but why we do what we do. And um, when I get these, I mean, they might be emails or calls, um, or I see a participant out at their job and they are killing it. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my goodness, you know what I'm saying? So that to me, I think, how does it make me feel? It gives me a boost of energy. And it reminds me, this is why you make sacrifices to help other people. And when you see how far they've gone, it's worth it. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's just a reminder that you've got to keep going, and this is why. What are your plans uh, for the future with this organization and, and something that you might want to leave everybody with? Um, I think, what do I want to leave everyone with? I want to leave everyone with um, that it's important that we understand who we are as individuals. It's important that we continue to um, be bridge builders uh, across um, all the different lines, economic lines, racial lines, gender lines, just making sure that we are working together. Life is so short. <laughs> like, life is so short. It's like you should be helping people, you know, or understanding that we're all neighbors and we're in this together no matter where we come from. And I think if we start with these little basic things, I don't want to say the world would be a better place, <laughs> but wouldn't it? Of course it will. But wouldn't it? I yeah. mean, it just sounds so uh, generic. But anyway, I, what do I want to leave people with? I want to leave people with um, we're working to create more programs that we can help more people. We're working to um, create programs that help kids learn about global education. And uh, yeah. That's incredible. That's Thank you for everything that you're doing. Um, if people want to find um, more about your foundation or anything else, just go to your website. Go to a website, or I would say Facebook, at Featherstone FDN. That's the best way to get the most updated content on what we're working for and with. Awesome. And that will be linked in our description. Um, we ask our guests at the end of every podcast one question. Um, this is Strange Flavors. So, Shamir, if you want to ask the last question. Uh, if you could describe yourself in any flavor, what would it be and why? Flavor of ice cream? Flavor of anything. anything. Yeah. I would say... You've been to 16 countries. This better be good. I know. It's going to be <laughs> so boring. No, no, no. <laughs> whatever you feel, whatever you think describes you and, and why you think... Yeah, I mean, I think my flavor would maybe be... Uh, uh, okay, so I'll, I'll change the question. I think what? my... <laughs> 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 I think my color would be yellow because I love... No, 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 wait, wait, wait. 
Wait, this is Strange Flavors. This is our podcast. Oh, right. Okay, okay. It needs to be a flavor. It has to be make a flavor. It, make it something that's yellow. Yeah, but I don't like lemon like that. I don't. Mangoes. Banana. Mangoes. Um, no, no. I think my flavor would just be like strawberry. Okay. Why? But why? Oh, why? Because it tastes good. <laughs> Do you taste it? Wait, hold on. We, we have to make this work. Why are you going to go with yellow? Oh, so I was going to go with yellow just because I love smiley faces. I love sunshines. I love the smiley emojis. When I grew okay. up in school, um, they used to call me smiley. Actually, when I went to college at LSU, they would call me Miss Smiley. Smiley, like the yellow smiley face. I have a couple of them. It's I, So that's why I would have said yellow. But... I don't. Right, I, I can't that say like that. has like a good amount of dopamine sunflower in it. Seeds. I, I, sunflower. I don't like sunflower seeds. I'm sorry. What about Listen, you got to go with the flavor. The flavor. Is, so I would say, if I chose a flavor, then I would just say maybe um, red velvet. Is that okay? Yeah. Yeah, oh. that's my favorite um, cake. I love <laughs> red. <laughs> why red velvet? I'm not understanding listen, the why listen, question. We've had, we've had, Let's give an example. We're on our 101st episode. Every <laughs> and guest everybody has been able to be this. <laughs> yeah. look, look, let me give you an example. Okay, I chose my flavor as mint chocolate chip because mint is refreshing. I like to do things that are spontaneous and, and keep it fresh. But also, <laughs> I, like, I like to stick to my roots, which is the chocolate chips. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> She's the only one that hasn't gotten it. This is so deep. My favorite flavor. <laughs> no, what flavor <laughs> describe you? <laughs> you can do it. You can do it. Oh wow! If you're, so, so the smiley like, thing, like, like go off uh, of that. Like, what's something that to... just like? What's a flavor that encapsulates like that feeling of like, like ketchup? Like okay, oh. okay, 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 okay. <laughs> I got it now. I'm good. I have a feeling she hasn't got it. No, I, I'm good. I've okay, got let's it. Let's see. Let's see. Um, my favorite flavor. <laughs> wrong. It's already wrong. My favorite flavor is caramel. <laughs> okay. And I love caramel because. <laughs> I don't think. I mean, I'll let you go, but it's not your favorite flavor. It's what flavor describes you. <laughs> oh god, she messed up. No, no, it describes me. Yeah. Okay. Because when I have caramel, <laughs> no, for real, it describes me because when I drink caramel lattes, macchiatos, <laughs> there is joy. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? That works because I was searching yeah. for something right? that like, has like I mean, that gives honestly, you like a boost of it's joy. dopamine, sugar, it's and joy. Use smiley it's thing. joy, and right? You think that you are joy. Well, you are. Well, I you feel like I am just a happy person, and I, I like I just wake up joyful and grateful, and so um, I know that when days are tough and I drink a caramel macchiato with extra whipped cream, um, <laughs> that it makes me feel like, oh, okay, I'm like happy. this is me. I'm back. This is I'm my back. regular state. This is, yes, yeah, so I would say that, yeah. That's good. Are you happy with that? Yeah. yeah. I'm great. joyful about that. I'm caramel <laughs> macchiato <laughs> about that. With extra whipped cream. We did it. We did it. We didn't think that it was going to happen, but we did it. <laughs> Um, Linnea, again, besides the last question, I think you're in <laughs> Just kidding. It's fine. No, um, seriously, the work that you're doing, it's incredible to hear that there are people like this that exist. Um, and, and you are changing the world, and that's amazing. 
um, and we wish you the best of luck going forward. Um, and if there's anything that we can do to help, uh, we'd love to be a part of that as well. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Um, and for everybody listening, it's been another week. Another flavor. A little less stranger. We'll talk to you next time. I don't want to talk, but you fill my void. I don't want to hear, but you make some noise. I don't want to feel, but I have no choice. I don't want to taste, now I feel so numb. What you want to say? What you want to? I don't want to talk, but you say the news.